With 20 games under their belt, we continue our evaluations of what we've seen from every player on the roster. We'll be looking at how Bam Adebayo and Jaime Hakez Jr. can improve, as well as some key reserve players like Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, and much more. A great episode you don't want to miss on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Lamill. How are you tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app? Thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. We've got part two of our two-parter 20-game player evaluations today. Just to refresh uh, for those who listened to part one. We're evaluating each of the Heat's players like it's a job evaluation. We're going to rate them in terms of their productivity, job knowledge, collaboration skills, and attendance before identifying some areas of improvement. In part one, we covered Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Haywood Highsmith, Kyle Lowry, and Thomas Bryant. We'll get to Jaime Hakez Jr. We'll get to Nikola Jovic and some others in today's episode. But let's start, David, with Bam Adebayo. What did you have for productivity for Bam? I think he's exceeded that. I think it's pretty clear he's having his best season of his career and while he's been bogged down by injury and i think it's going to be a a nagging issue throughout the rest of the year i think overall he's just been really really strong on both the offensive and defensive end he's exceeded expectations and that ties into his job knowledge like i don't think anybody has a better understanding of what they're required to do on a nightly basis than bam to buy whether it's doing Mm. something different on defense whether it's being the hub on offense understanding when to be aggressive he has taken leaps and bounds in that respect and I think he's exceeded whatever expectations fans have had. I like. I think people are still going to want more Bam. I think just when those when those ideas are so entrenched as they have been throughout the first few years of his career about being aggressive, et cetera, it's hard to kind of shake free of that. So I think that's that's going to be a problem. But that's their problem, not Bam's problem. He's been great. Uh, collaborative skill. Look again. Uh, third in the team in assists. He's been very very good. He's exceeded that. He's a great teammate. He does everything necessary. He helps everybody out. Uh, and it just does such a great job as a team defender. Most important screen setter. Yes. For yes. everything. He, his screens trigger so many of Miami's actions, and that's important. That's a great point. Great point. And attendance, look, it's going to be, it's below standard. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen Bam be such a durable player in the past, and you wonder whether or not this will start to kind of inch up. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a problem. And again, I, I don't know how much more of an issue this hip problem could be throughout the rest of the season, but it's the kind of thing where it just it feels like it just needs time to heal, and that is a luxury he does not have. So, If I'm uh, 20 games into the year, zooming out, if I'm in charge of the Miami Heat and I'm flagging things, that could be an issue down the road. Probably the first thing I am flagging is Bam Adebayo's left hip and that that injury that's been bothering him and lingering all year. Whether Even if he's not missed games, it's bothered him during games and limited him during games. We think about the fourth quarter against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Um, the fact that he had to sit out the second half against uh, what team was that? Milwaukee? I forget what yes. team. Yeah. Like that is an issue and it's, it's okay in November. It's not great in December. Um, you really don't want that to be an issue in April. You really don't want that to be an issue in April. And so if I'm Miami, that's something I'm flagging right now. And I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out whatever I can do, get my team doctors, all these people. What do we need to do now over these next month or two to make sure that this is not an issue when these games really matter? Yeah. Uh, in terms of area for improvement, 
I'm going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to say he needs to be continued aggressiveness. You know, that's to me, that's the thing he needs to continue to work on the most because I don't want him to just fall back on what he's done over the past few seasons and just say, oh, let me defer to this guy or do that. No, no, no. You're Bam at a bio. You're a top 20 player in the NBA. Sometimes you need to be reminded of that, and sometimes you need to show it and do so in as aggressive and and a gaudy fashion as possible. Score 40 points, dunk on people's heads, make plays defensively, swatch shots into the fourth row so that people will know that you're as good as you are because right now there's just way too much buzz about Rudy Gobert being the best defensive player in the year. And, yeah, he's <laughs> fine, but he's no Bam at a bio. Uh, yeah, Bam's defensive player of the year candidacy took a hit when Miami just gave up like 300 combined points to the Pacers this weekend, and they've dropped now to 16th in defensive rating. That's not awesome. But uh, my note without for Bam, Bam hmm? without, without Bam. Bam, yeah, no, I said I even said Saturday. I'm like this the, that game on Saturday where they gave up 140 plus that should right. go into the Bam's defensive player of the year reel. He wasn't playing in that game. That was the point. Um, my note for Bam: 20 games in, find a way to weaponize your dominance. Yeah. Find a way to weaponize that dominance. We know that you could score 30 a game. We know that you've got that little foul line jumper. We know that you've been getting to the rim better and being more of a physical threat. And he's drawing those double teams now, too. Um, we understand that he's the hub of Miami's offense and a lot of what they do there. Find a way to weaponize that. This is a stat from our friend Cooper Moorhead at Miami.com. Bam Adebayo passes out of the short roll 1.6 times per 100 possessions as compared to 1.2 times per 100 possessions last season so or two seasons ago what that means is that he's still he's finding ways he's getting better at pa- and, and i don't want to just focus on the short roll thing because that's, that's sort of like an nba nerd like oh my god he's got to always pass out the short roll like the draymond green thing and that's a very important thing miami's problem is that they don't have a bunch of shooters that are spacing the floor for bam it's like okay who's right. he going to actually pass to is he really going right. to just be passing to haywood highsmith in the corner six times a game probably not yeah. um but if he consistently draws those doubles. And what that stat shows is that he's getting better at passing out of those opportunities. Um, he, just, he needs to really take a more meaningful leap, I think, in that area. There are times where he's got the ball 13 feet, 15 feet away from the basket, and he's looking a little bit too much sometimes to get his own shot. So it's a balance of stay aggressive. But also, if you're attracting that double team, the obvious thing is to just swing it and find the open teammate. And he's a great passer. So it's, it's tough because there are so many things like you referenced, so many people, so much outside noise saying, go be more aggressive, go be more aggressive. And sometimes that aggressiveness is passing the ball. Sometimes that aggressiveness is just finding the open teammate. That can still be aggressive. It's how you beat, it's how, it's how you're aggressive getting to those spots. And that's something I point out a lot with Bam. He's using his physicality much more than ever. And that physicality could draw doubles and create openings for other teammates. So that's, that's sort of my, uh, that's sort of my note. Yeah. Let's, uh, I agree 100. percent Let's let's talk about Caleb Martin there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, a limited sample size, only nine games here, so that totally impacts what we're able to evaluate. Although there has been progress in that regard, so a lot of these marks will be lower than he should, but that yeah. doesn't mean that we won't. Well, we expect him to get better. His productivity is below standards, that's for sure. He, he set such a high standard last year. We think he can achieve that again. I'm not overly concerned unless we're looking at maybe a 40 games. If midway through the season and the trade deadline right around the corner and he hasn't turned that corner, that's something that you might want to monitor. In terms of job knowledge, he absolutely meets expectations. I think there's still moments, even right now, Caleb, where he still looks a little, I wouldn't say lost, but 
maybe not necessarily as engaged as we've seen him in the years past. And again, that might change uh, based on his health and everything else, being able to be more impactful because he has these incredible physical skills that make up for whatever lack of experience or lack of understanding might be on any play-to-play basis. Collaborative skills, he absolutely meets expectations there. He's a solid player, makes the right play, does whatever he can to help everybody else else out. And again, a great locker room presence. And attendance, that's below standards. What are you going to do? He's been hurt. That's not a knock on him personally. It's just uh, he hasn't been available for this team. He's only played in nine games this year. Area for improvement. Oh, really? I I think to me, he just needs to take everything a step up. But my point is that I think it's also due to him not being healthy or anywhere close to 100%. And we'll start to see more and more progress as we have over the last few weeks. Caleb Martin over his last four games, 18 points, 14 points, 14 points, and 22 points. That's what he scored. Things are starting to trend in the right direction for him. My thing for him, just get that three-point rate up a little bit more. That productivity is good over those last four games, but he needs to be one of these guys. And I don't mean to just keep going back to three-point shooting, but But there is a select group of guys on this team who are role players who need to space the floor. That is their job offensively. And it's Haywood Highsmith, and it's Caleb Martin, and it's a few other guys on this roster. But Caleb Martin is at um, 3.4 three-point attempts per game. He's shooting 29% from distance um this season so get that three-point rate up a little bit more don't always pass that up to drive to the basket even though those opportunities have looked good especially he's got that like patented hey i start from the corner drive baseline spin move finish at the rim like i like that kind of stuff but when the three-point shot is there just take it and don't worry too much about being you know getting to the flashy rim stuff so um that's what i have for him but like i said i think the worst basketball of the season is behind him i think you said that too um and it'll probably get better from here um first 20 games Jaime Hawkins Jr. is there anything that he can improve on we're going to talk about that next today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel the weather's getting colder but the offers are still hot over at FanDuel and right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins and everybody gets a chance to win over at FanDuel, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The NFL action it has been ramping up. The NBA season, so much to do. And the app is so easy to use. And you can place a wide range of betting options from spreads to player props, over-unders, and so much more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. How can Nikola Jovic get on the court? We'll tell you the one area that he needs to improve to do that uh, in the next segment. But we're going to start this one with the rookie, Jaime Hakos Jr. in his 20-game evaluation. What do we got? The rookie almost seems insulting at this point because it's so good. So uh, in terms of productivity, like that's exceeded expectations. I I think some people are kind of coming out now and saying, oh, I always thought he'd have this game. And some draft experts are saying, you know what, we, we, we saw this potential for him. But that's all fine and good. You still need to be able to maximize it at the NBA level. It's not just 
about what skills you have. It's about finding the right fit, the right opportunity, and then in taking those real select moments and finding ways to capitalize them on them. And and Jaime has done that better than most. I, I mean, not just better than most rookies, better than most players. Like even older veterans just don't have the awareness and the skill set to tie it all together and say, this is my opportunity. I'm going to do what the team needs of me. So it exceeds expectations. Yes. It is insane how good of a fit it has been from day one with Jaime in Miami. And if I'm a rival team, I am so annoyed that this is happening. If I'm the Celtics, if I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, if I'm whatever these teams, the Knicks, I'm like, how did they get a rookie to do this? Like, it's one yep. thing when it's like the undrafted Max Struess and Haywood High. And like, these, like okay, like you, you, you're you grooming right. them for years and you're sort of just like Taylor, like like Clay, molding them into the shape of your heat culture stuff, like whatever. But this yeah. guy just kind of came from UCLA, moves across right. the country. And he's only been in Florida two other times in his life before this. And he comes to Miami and he's he owns the city. I went I went to Saturday's game as a fan, um, yeah. and uh, I sat with my wife and my and and, and my in laws there, and uh, and they were just like, oh my god, everybody loves Jaime, and yes. it's like he comes in and people go nuts for him, and there's a lot of reasons for that in Miami, but it's I I just think that if you're a rival front office, you have to be so annoyed twenty games in, you're like, wow, I can't believe they found a guy who could do this for them right away. There's got to be at least 10 to 12 teams that are probably kicking themselves and not wanting to take it. Like, I mean, this isn't a debate about like just a top three or top five rookie this year. Like there are, uh, there has to be a bunch of teams that could say, you know what? We view ourselves as playoff contenders. We would love to have a guy like high man, our roster. And I, I think he's just been, well, that sort of, isn't that, it, it's sort of interesting. We haven't really talked about it in this, in this way, but the fact that Miami backed their way into the playoffs last year and didn't get the number one seed the way that they had it a, a few years ago, gave right. them the 18th pick. Like, they had a very good draft pick for a team that went to the finals. Like, you don't see a team that goes to the finals picking 18 with their own pick, right? Not a right. pick that they traded for. Uh, everybody else, Philadelphia, Boston, like, all these teams that we're talking about, the Knicks, they picked worse. Like, they didn't even have a chance to get Jaime Hakez Jr. So you had a playoff team going and getting a, 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 a rotation-ready player who's 22 years old. He's closer to Tyler Hero in age than he is Nikola Jovic, right? Like, that's what we're talking about here. And it was just, it's such a perfect fit. And, and again, like the, the people will be, oh, he got so lucky back in their way in as a number eight seed. So they got the number eight, 18 pick overall. But it's, you know, that's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, that's top knowledge, he's ex- exceeded expectations. Collaborative yeah. skills exceeds yeah. attendance, exceeds. Yeah. He's been Miami's most consistent player there. Areas for improvement, none. How can you say that about a rookie? None. Other than just continue to develop consistency in every aspect because he's been that good. We I, agree I, I, on this. I have, I have written here. No notes. I have no <laughs> notes for you, Jaime. Come into the office. What can I improve on? I know you want more. I got no notes. Keep doing what you're doing. Feel free to keep yeah. doing more. Just do it. Like you're our number one salesperson. You're rookie of the year. <laughs> like just keep doing whatever you want to do. Go find more accounts if you want them. Go pick them up. Like just do what you whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just keep doing it. That's, it. It, it, that's the, the equivalent of like an entry level person coming in there and like being better than like their manager that's been there for like a decade. You know, that's what basically comes in. You're paying him entry-level salary. You're going, yeah, I hope he, he doesn't is, He's a guy on a sales team where you have you have a manager on a sales team and you got maybe, let's call it five salespeople. And this right. sales team in their region has ranked, you know, second or like third or fourth in the region in terms of overall productivity, right? right. And you get this rookie, your first-year sales associate, 
and he comes to your team and he just and he just vaults you to the top of the list. And you're like, oh my God, we're like all of a sudden, everything we yeah. thought about what our team can do this year has changed. Like we can right. maybe go, we thought we'd be back here as like the third or fourth best sales team in the region. Maybe we could be the second best. Maybe we could be the, the top sales team in the region this year. Like everything that we thought has changed because of what this guy's brought day one. Yeah, uh, we've beat that metaphor to death, but yes, absolutely. I think it's all fair. I, I, and look, uh, rival buyers are calling you up and saying, hey, this kid, you know, they're already trying to pluck him out of there, you know, trying to right. move him to their respective teams. So I, it's just amazing what he's been able to do. Uh, who do we have next on our list here? Do we go to Josh Richardson? Let's do, uh, yeah, let's go ahead to Josh Richardson, yeah. Well, Josh, coming back to the team, a lot of nostalgia there. Uh, unfortunately, he has not met our expectations. He's been yeah. below expectations, I think, in terms of overall productivity and job knowledge. Okay. What, what's your argument there? Well, he's averaging 10.5 points per game. He's shooting 46% overall. He got off the start of the year when he missed thir- three of his first 23 three-pointers or something. Like, it was bad. Since then, he's yeah. shot a lot better from distance. 3.1 assists per game. Um, the rebounding isn't great, but it's never been a strength of his. Uh, I think he's been pretty good. And and he's given him, oh, here, here's 19 points here, you know, 15 points sure. there. Like, he sure. doesn't have to be an every night kind of guy. But if you can get 15 plus points per game from him once a week, which is pretty much what he's been doing, I think that's fine. I think he's at needs expectations for me. Okay. Well, How I, much more I, are you I, expecting than 10 points a game? I think the defensive issues have been problematic, and I think maybe that might be health-related as well. But if I can hold it against Caleb, who's proven himself much more consistently, at least over this iteration of the Heat, I can hold Josh to that same uh, you know level. Uh, and I think he just hasn't been able to do it. as I think he's, his off-ball defense has been pretty solid. I think his scoring has been inconsistent, but trending in the right direction. I would just like to see it more I think Josh has always been a little bit of an overrated defensive player. I think people look at him as a three and D kind of guy whose defense has always been more above average than very good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I he just seems to get he seems to gamble a little bit as a player yes, of attack. That's, fair. that's very true. Yeah, and what's he's only getting uh he's less than a steal per game. Yeah, less than a steal per game. So he should that's a good point. And I've I've noticed the same thing. He shouldn't be gambling as much as he is. Uh, job knowledge just meets expectations because, again, I think he's he's kind of finding that balance between being the point guard, the two guard, the guy yeah. who comes off the bench to provide defense. I think it's a little bit t- tough for him to figure out exactly his role on this team, and he hasn't met, to my standards anyway, those expectations. So he's uh, just at meeting what the expectations were for him. Collaboratively, I think he's been great. He does what he can for others. He makes plays. He, he has been a helpful teammate, so I don't have any problem with that. It's just been meeting my standards. So, And in terms of attendance, again, a bouncy back from injury, he's been meeting those standards. Uh, yep. not, not a high standard, but you know, again, I think he hopefully will see him more consistently and more healthy as the season progresses so that he can be the kind of impact player that a lot of Heat fans are hoping that he will be. 17 out of 20 games, he's played just a hair under 28 minutes per game. Yep, meet expectations is fine. Uh, if there's an area of improvement for me, I would say, actually, it's all. And it's again, kind of like Caleb, I think it's tied to his health. But if there's one thing in particular I want from him, it's the point of attack defense and three-point shooting. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword there. Like yeah. If you're going to be there on offense, when those shots are open, you got to knock them down. The confident version of Josh, and I don't think we see this nearly enough, is such a good player where he's driving and putting up that floater or, or getting to the rim for a nice acrobatic layup and letting it fly with confidence and ease from the three-point line. 
it's just we just haven't seen that version of him as consistently. As I think I'd it's like. a, it's a good note. I think he probably also knows it. If you called him into your office twenty games in, like we gotta get that three point percent. Oh yeah, he'd be like, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um, he, he, one thing he yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I struggle. I struggle. I know. I know. I'll be better. I'll be better. It's like, all right, Josh, don't don't beat yourself up over this, buddy. We we still have any sixty two games left. No, but it's a good note. Also, it's like, hey, if you're open, just shoot it. We we love you, Josh. We brought you here for a reason. If you're open, shoot it. Right. Uh, he's also one of those guys like Caleb and Haywood, whose role is basically just space the floor. So that's part of it. Yes. The other thing I would say for him is, and this is probably something that he wouldn't anticipate when he walked into the office twenty games in. When Tyler Hero comes back, and that's happening soon. Can you help him play off the ball a little bit more in that second unit? Very good. I'm going to put good. that on you because you, he's actually, I thought, exceeded my expectations as the backup point guard. I think as a facilitator, a guy who just sort of sets the table, he's not driving and kicking or anything like that, but I never thought he would do that. That, that would be weird because right. that's not his game. So, But in terms of, hey, I bring the ball up the floor, I get guys in position, all that stuff, I thought he's been very good at that. Can I trust you that when Tyler Hero comes back and we get you guys together in that second unit that you can cover up for him defensively, to your point, David? which you need to be able to do, especially when he's on the court, and you're probably going to have a little bit more of a burden when that happens. But can you also help him play off the ball more? Can we trust you to run the offense so that Tyler does not have to, in other words? And that would be one thing I would be preparing him for when Tyler does come back. Um, all right, let's move on. How can Nikola Jovic get on the floor? Here's one area that I think if he improves on, he could get on the floor. We're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. <laughs> True story here. Family friend, my wife's uh, relatives came into town, and you know they were they're basketball fans. They wanted to catch a Heat game, uh, and they didn't know where to get tickets. I was like, you know what? Have you tried this app called Game Time? And they're like, they've never heard of it. They downloaded the app, found exactly where they wanted to sit, got the tickets real quick, just a few taps of the button, got themselves a little discount to boot, saw exactly where they were going to be sitting in the Kaseya mm. Center, and they loved the experience. They thought it was great. They said they were going to use game time for every purchase, whether it comes to comedy shows, concerts, whatever event you might be looking for. If you're in town for a day or if that's where you live, game time makes things so much easier. Again, they've got these great ticket deals all the time. You'll get the best price guaranteed on whatever tickets you might be looking for. And if you're in town, if you're, let's say you're visiting for travel, you say, you want, I got a couple hours to kill. Let me go catch a comedy show. Oh, let me go see whatever team is playing here, whether it's baseball or football, basketball, whatever sport you might want to watch. Game time has you covered. Download the game time app right now. You create an account and use the code locked on NBA. Like I said before, you get $20 off your first purchase. That's locked on NBA, but only when you download the game time app and create an account. That's locked on L O C K E D O N N B A. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Everydayers, tune in Wednesday night for our post game reactions to the Heat's game in Toronto. We'll have our biggest takeaways from the game. Hopefully, some credit cookies to hand out. We'll also get to your questions. That you send in on Twitter using that hashtag Ask All Heat. But we're continuing along with a 20 game evaluations, wrapping it up with Nikola Jovic, mm. Kevin Love, and Orlando mm. Robinson. Let's go right into Nico, David. Yeah. Well, you know, Nico, uh, the subject of some controversy, we'll try to get through these quickly. Unfortunately, he has not been as productive as I'd like. So he's below standards in terms of that overall productivity. Job knowledge, I think, is the biggest knock on him below standards for sure not understanding his role on defense not quite sure what to do on offense it just lets him look a lot like a, a deer caught in the headlights out there collaborative skill i think he meets those expectations in terms of 
trying to do what's best for this team and, and, and being the good, dutiful soldier and everything else and certainly making plays for others. It just hasn't always tied into something that looks like a finished product. In attendance, well, he's met standards, but those are pretty low considering he just really hasn't been available to play. Did get that stint in Sioux Falls. I wonder if we'll see that again down the road. Uh, and in terms of just overall areas for improvement, I think we're talking about defense. That's where it starts. And also choose who you talk to from Serbian media a little bit more closely. I have, can you just ace the zone? Ace the zone defense. Yeah, it's, it's, he's talked about like, I, you know, I don't really know what defensive coverages they want me in or what I'm going to be even good at. He's not a great man to man defensive player. He's not great at switching at this stage of his career. I, I do want, we have seen in the past heat players force their way onto the court because they are so good at the zone. I think about a guy like Derek Jones Jr., who couldn't do much of anything yes. outside of defending in the zone. That was pretty much it. And a put-back dunk once a week. And that was pretty much what he was doing. Um, I think Nico could find his way on the court. The great thing about the zone is it's positionless, essentially, right? You pretty much put Bam in the middle of it, and then you kind of figure it out from there. You could even put Haywood Highsmith in the middle of it. We've seen the Heat do that a few times this season. But for, for Jovic, who has struggled to find his spot defensively and find a position to play at the NBA club level, the zone... If you can ace that, it's a little bit – the position doesn't matter as much. Are you at the top of it? Are you in the corner of it? To me, it doesn't really matter. Just find a spot on it to ace the zone, and then you do that, and then you could find maybe some spots offensively, catch and shoot, get guys going, uh, push the ball up and transition, all that kind of stuff. Offensively, I think you could do some stuff. And in those games where Miami – they've not used zone as much this year, but in the yeah. games where they are going to use zone, it's going to be the weird ones, isn't it? It's going to be those weird games – where Nico might find his way getting his his number called when he wasn't expecting it because that's what's going to happen in those weird games. So that's what I would say for Nico is ace the zone, and who knows, you might actually find your way on the floor uh, more often than you have so far this season. That's a great point. I, I think that really is the key for him because he, he just needs to be able to show – something defensively where that Eric Spolster feels much more comfortable putting him out there. Like there's no denying what offensive skills he brings to the table, even though I think there's still some question about how he fits into what role offensively, but if he's just not going to get the opportunity defensively, which is why we talked about him maybe being a trade target down the road, just because he hasn't been able to carve out any playing time, but uh, let's move on here. What do you want to take on next? Orlando, Kevin Love. Well, I mean, Kevin, uh, look to me, we talked about the start of the season. We weren't sure what to expect. We wouldn't know if he's going to be the starter, whether he's going to come off the bench, whether he'd be a place in the rotation at all. But he's wound up thriving as a second-team center, and the overall presence in the locker room is still great. Like, the vibes have been immaculate since picking up Kevin Love, and I think that's a big part of – he's been a huge part of why. He just He's a great teammate. He's a guy that everybody wants to talk to. He's an experienced veteran. Yep. And so in terms of overall productivity, I still have him at meeting standards. But I'm leaning more towards exceeding them just because he's been so good off the court. He doesn't really – like the impact that he has offensively and defensively on the court is kind of minimal. But overall, I'd still have him kind of meeting those standards. Job knowledge, he's exceeded my standards. Like he's just been so good at knowing what's required of him. And this team that is not meant for everybody. Not everybody finds you know their comfort here in Miami as easily as Kevin does. And yeah. as much as an experienced veteran as he might be, that could be an adjustment for a lot of players. He's he's fit in, he fit and right adjusted in. very well. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Collaborative. Taking a little again. bit of that Udonis Haslam sort of yes. locker room vet role on, which is yes, important. Absolutely. So collaboratively, he's got uh, exceeded expectations yes. in my book. Uh, he's met standards of uh, that. Although he, you know he had 
uh, some personal issue that he had to take off care of. But other than that, he's been pretty standard, pretty much available from this Miami team. And in terms of overall areas for improvement, just durability and three-point shooting because I think he's Miami's best option as a second-team center and just continue to knock down that three-point yeah. shot. Has not been as good at the three-point shot as he has been in years past, so he needs to get um, those numbers up. Yeah, I had I had two guys on my list where I really didn't have any notes for them. Jaime, obviously we covered him. My other one's Kevin Love. I have no real notes okay. for you. I have Fair enough. He's having a bit of a renaissance season. He's got increases in his rebound rate, his assists, his three-point shooting is up, actually. It's at 33% now, which is better than what it was last year. It was like 27 28%. That's good. I think if we can get that up a little bit more, it would be even better. But he knows that. I don't need to tell Kevin Love that. He's going to obviously try to make more three-pointers. He's not going to be like, I'm good missing as many as I'm missing. And he's not even missing. Like, 33% is fine. Like, I'm okay with it. So I have, like you, I have exceeding expectations in in all that. And again, like, he's having a renaissance season right now. It's a bounce-back year for Kevin Love at this stage in his career. I think he's been awesome. And I love how Spolstra has made that decision to staple Kevin Love's minutes to Jimmy Butler. I love that because Bam comes out, Jimmy Butler comes back in the second quarter, and him and Kevin Love are playing together in that second unit. Kevin Love obviously spaces the floor, pick and pop stuff for Jimmy Butler. He's got great chemistry with Jaime Hakes Jr. in terms of those inlet passes, in uh, those entry passes into the post. Obviously, that's there with Jimmy Butler. It has been since last year. He's been just uh, a glue guy for that second unit who kind of makes everything click. Uh, and and I think his spot as the second unit center right now is 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 – it's pretty established. I, I don't think that, that I, I'd be worried about that if I were Kevin. Just one, one more note on that, on everything. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a coach rely on a player as much as they do on Kevin Love. Like, Kevin Love has such a a loud and, and respected voice as in terms of being able to recognize what he sees on the floor as much as anybody. I've not, I don't think I've ever seen Spo not necessarily defer, but welcome, like, whatever Kevin has to say because he just respects – his experience and his understanding of the game so much. Like he has been such a great fit in heat culture. Uh, and look, a team like Cleveland probably could have used him. Like I know the grumbling last year was, oh, he can't accept his role. We're too deep, et cetera. The Cavs could certainly use a guy like Kevin Love. And maybe he's just made that adjustment here in Miami in terms of understanding that he's more of a reserve at this point in his career. But he's embraced it and he's yeah. thrived and he's been a really good find for Miami. Let's finish Let's off with Orlando Robinson. Orlando Robinson, uh, you know. Hasn't had a lot of playing time. He's shown some flashes here, a little bit, uh, you know, better here and there. Uh, also spent some time in Sioux Falls. To me, I've got him. At, yeah, he, yeah. He's, uh, he's meeting productivity standards, which, again, yeah. have been kind of inconsistent because we didn't know exactly what to expect from Orlando. Yeah. Uh, he understands his job, though, and I think that's important. So he understands he meets his standards of job knowledge in terms of knowing what he has to do providing the spark that he can offensively and defensively. Collaboratively, he's been a fine teammate. He helps others, does what he can to, to, to raise the ceiling for this group. So I've got him at meeting standards there. Attendance, similarly. He's been available. He just hasn't played or he's been in Sioux Falls. That's not a knock on him. So he's met those standards. And in terms of area for improvement, whatever's keeping him out of the lineup, because I honestly don't know. Because when he comes in there, again, I think he's been mostly good. But there has to be something that Eric Spolster is seeing that I haven't been able to see. And if you've got a targeted or something specific that you think he needs I to just, improve on. How many centers are you going to play? You got Bam out of bio, you have Kevin Love, and that's it. That's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's all there is. And it's, again, the Kevin Love part of it where he spaces the floor for Jimmy Butler, like that's just more of a fit in what we need right now than it says anything about Orlando Robinson. That's all. It's just how many centers are you really going to play on a nightly basis? You're going to play two of them. Fair enough.
Fair enough. So, I mean, has he become a trade candidate at some point? Yeah. No, I think uh, you look at him for next year. You keep him in the pipeline. I think I think that's absolutely fine. Um, like I've, I've got all the same things that you have in terms of he's basically just meeting expectations. I have no real notes for him. Just sort of keep developing, keep doing stuff. Your your best keep basketball working. for us is is probably down the line. You know, maybe even next season. But for me, I'd say keep taking those threes when you are on the court uh, because Good if point. you are going to earn minutes ahead of Kevin Love. If you could yeah. mimic some of that floor spacing, that's the best way you could do it because you could potentially be even better than him as a defender and maybe even as a rebounder. Um, we've seen time, games where he gets 10-plus rebounds. Like Orlando Robinson can gobble up those rebounds, especially on the offensive glass. Those are the things. He is shooting 100% from three-point range this season, Orlando hmm. Robinson. He's four for four. He was two for two against Indiana the last night um, of that back uh, of that series in Miami. So to me, I'd say keep taking those threes, establish yourself as a rim protector on defense and a floor spacer on offense. That's your goal, uh, whether or not you're doing that for us in spot minutes here and there. Uh, with Bam Adebayo's hip injury, stay ready. You never know when those minutes are going to come. Uh, he's probably the fill-in starter for those random games that Bam has to miss so that you can keep that rotation alignment with Kevin Love coming off the bench. Um, and then if it's in the G League, do the same thing. If, when you're in Sioux Falls, you know, keep it up. You're doing, you got to just do the same thing, play the same role there. Um, all right, that'll do it for our two-parter 20-game player evaluations. Uh, if you missed part one, make sure to check that out for our notes on Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a whole lot of other players. Uh, but thanks so much for everybody who tuned in. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.